Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. For those of you that don't know, we've been, we went live this morning. We're live on the internet. Amen. I told you last week in faith, right, we were going to do it. We're live right now. There were a dozen, about it. Last time I checked, there were about a dozen people logged in and just listen, listening to us from the internet. I know we had some friends down in Florida, and we also had one of our own in Dublin, Ireland. She's logged in. So what's up, Floyd? We love you. Amen. We are going to spread the gospel, and we're going to use whatever we got to do it. Amen? Um, those of you that were members and you stayed home, I bet you were surprised when we took the offering and the deacon knocked on your door to take it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We don't have that many deacons yet, but we'll work on that. Amen. Anybody excited about the word this morning? Oh, man, if you're not excited about it, you're in the wrong place. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word, which is chain-breaking. Father, yoke-smashing, bondage-obliterating. Father, we thank you that your word is anointed and your anointing breaks the yoke. Father God, we ask you to take your word and break the yoke. That's, that's on us today, God, that our burden may be easy, Lord, that it may be light, Lord God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 i like to start with a quote. Here is the quote this morning. Peace is not the absence of affliction, but the presence of God. So that means with God, you can have peace. Peace in the midst of affliction. The reverse is also true. You can have no afflictions. Everything's just fine. You can have enough money. You can have enough things. You can have enough stuff and yet have no peace. You want proof? How come there, why do millionaires, athletes, movie stars turn to the same $10 crack vial, the same $20 heroin shot as the poor broken guy who's got nothing? Ain't that true? Because they have no peace. So why do God's people experience affliction? Say, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Why do God's people experience affliction? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Because without conflict, character can't change. Thank you, Laurie.
See, Jesus told us in the last chapters that he was going to go and prepare a place for us. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare a place for us. Well, like Melissa told you, he, all ever since that time, he's been preparing us for that place. Amen? Let me give you a quote from last week. We are either in the process of resisting God's truth or we're in the process of being shaped and molded by that very same truth. I'd like to share a message with you this morning titled, The Proof is in the Fruit. See, we started reading from John 15 last week, right? And, and John 15 said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, he cuts away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Well, if you remember, I showed you last week this big tree that I chopped down in the backyard and I assure all the nature lovers and tree huggers that it, it was just growing in the wrong place I had to get rid of it anyway so I didn't just chop down a good tree for no reason besides to use as an illustration to get you the, the picture of God I'd do anything anyway so amen so if you remember that tree here's a piece of it if you remember that tree last week, it had, it had green. It was budding at the tips. It had green grow. It was a really green tree. Do you remember? See, we didn't have video last week, but, but do you remember? It was a really green tree. There was a lot of green leaves. Even all along the bark, there was green. And, and all the green leaves were bright, right? And they were, and they were formed, and it was so pretty. But look what's left. See, take a look at what happened to that thing. Once, see, once it was cut from the source, it started dying that very minute. This is just proof. And it's, wow, man, I, I get amazed because it's such a, we can't deny this, right? I can tell you story after story, but this you saw and now you see. That it started dying. Look what happened in just a week. Just a week separated from the source, look what went down. See, it started to die. The green leaves, the green leaves shriveled. Everything that was pretty about this tree is now gone. Everything that had life in this tree is gone. Everything that, that once gave evidence of life is now gone. Everything this tree was once able to do, it can no longer do. Understand, this tree once provided shade. It was once of use. It demonstrated, it testified about life. Through its blooming flowers and its rich green leaves, it once had purpose. It used to, you know, the trees, they process carbon dioxide and they release oxygen. Right, what's my science people? What's that called? Photosynthesis, amen. Everybody else is saying, I wish I didn't cut that class. Photosynthesis, trees, the, the green leaves, everything that's green, it processes carbon dioxide and it releases oxygen. Isn't that a coincidence that we take in oxygen and release? Isn't that a coincidence that the evolutioners deal with that? 
So this tree, it, 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 it used to help us breathe. It used to give life. But now it provides nothing. Somebody say nothing. See, if this tree, if I would have allowed it to mature, if this tree was mature and it lived its lifespan, and then later on in life, after it lived to the fullest, if it would lay down its life for the benefit of others, it would have at least provided lumber, right? It would have provided building material. It would have provided paper and whatever else we get from trees, right? Even in its death, it would have provided life. But because it never reached maturity, it has become useful for nothing but to be thrown in the fire. Isn't that something we can get the gospel from a tree? Come on, that's good stuff. Because it never reached maturity, it, it has become useful for nothing but just to be thrown out and gathered and thrown into the fire. Have you ever known some people like this branch? You ever met some people that they were just full of life, man? And they were, they were walking in Christ. They used to be part of 16 ministries and four different churches, man. And they were just so excited about life. And they would always be sharing things. And, and you know those people that just talk to strangers on the bus? You, you, you ever known like, like believers like that, man? They're amazing. They, they're on the bus, you know, somebody be like, oh man, it's raining. And they say, well, praise God, because see, the rain is like the blood of Christ that washes away. And, and, and you know, just kind of break it down using anything. You know, they could be on a bus and my feet hurt. Say, oh, but beautiful are the feet that carry the good news of the gospel. And, and just, not people that are idiots, you know, that are, you know, it, you know, just get crazy and get on people's nerves. But I mean, I mean, people that just use every opportunity to, to share the gospel, Amen. You ever known some people like that, but then, you know, they were walking in Christ. Everything about them demonstrated life, but then something happened. I've known too many people like that. See, some conflict that was meant to produce character instead brought chaos and crisis. Maybe it was a lack of maturity. Maybe it was some bad teaching. Maybe it was some unsupportive friends. Maybe even it was a judgmental or a legalistic church someplace that sat them down and threw them in the back and punished them. Jesus. But what the result was they cut themselves off. I'm just thinking, God's just bringing me to, to mind all these people that, are, that, that, that used to be like that, but they, they cut themselves off from the vine and they started dying that very minute perhaps that's you today maybe at some point in your lives that was you man at some point in your lives you couldn't you couldn't be anywhere without sharing god with somebody you couldn't be anywhere you wouldn't go to a conference or to a church or to a prayer meeting without bringing six people with you maybe that was you but at this point in your life things changed and so I just want to ask you right at the very start, are you useful? Is there life in you? Is there life demonstrated out of you? Do you provide life for others? The other night, my wife and I, we were talking, I guess reflecting. And, you know, this whole MySpace, Facebook thing, it just brings up a lot of things. For some people, it brings up a lot of problems. Amen. That's another message. We ain't going to go there. But you connect with a lot of people, right? And so you, you're connecting with people that you used to go to high school 20 years ago. And, and, and you find out that some of those people have gone on to do some really big things. Anybody experienced that? No, all your friends were deadbeats? <laughs> <laughs> 
Amen. So you probably feel good about yourselves. But, but you know, some, some of us, you know, we find that the, the, the kids we went to high school with, man, some of them are just doing some big things. They're making lots of money. They've accomplished a lot of things. And, you know, they probably have like the best that the world has to offer them. And, you know, they're, they're successful. They've done a lot of things. They're envied by many. And so my wife turned to me and she asked me, do you wish you had done things differently? Do you wish that you pursued different things? Do you wish that you continued in different paths? And, and do you ever wonder what your life would be like today if you had done different things? Do you, do you wish you had done things differently? What a loaded question, right? I answered right away and I gave the quick, you know, no, of course, I love what I'm doing and this is the best thing and, you know, but the question weighed on me and stayed on me all week and, and, and it, it made it to today's message, you know, and, and I say, man, that's a serious question because sometimes you have to ask yourself these questions. Sometimes you have to say, am I where I need to be? Am I where I want to be? Am I who I want to be? Anybody ever ask themselves those questions? The beautiful thing is that it's never too late to be who you might have been. Come on, somebody take that. It's never too late to be who you might have been. But all right, John chapter 15, the next section after Jesus is telling us that we have to be connected to this vine, that we have to live you know, lives that allow us to abide in the vine and, and so that he would abide in us, meaning lives that, that, that allow us to be in Christ and have Christ in us. The very next section, if you look in John chapter 15, he's telling us, and when you do this, uh, the world will hate you. How many of that's an encouraging word for this morning? You're coming to church now? Wow. You're, you're getting your life together? Wow. You're loving God? Wow. You're bringing your family? You're building things? All right. Amen. Uh, the world's going to hate you, though. The world is going to hate you. And they're like, that's a big word. That's a lot of people. The world is going to hate you. So let's watch the progression as, as, as how, you know, how Jesus gets us into this and builds us into this. Verse uh, chapter 9 in chapter, fi chapter 15, verse 9, he says, As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and I remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The Amplified says, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure, complete and overflowing. Somebody say amen. See, that's why we can have peace in the midst of affliction. That's why we can have peace in the midst of a storm. We can have peace in the midst of an economic depression. We can have peace in the midst of a family crisis. We can have peace in the midst of the death of a loved one, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of pain, in the midst of turmoil, of lack, because He loves us. And remaining in that love causes our joy to be complete. If you really got that, you'd be excited this morning. Side note, bonus sermon. There's a difference between being happy and having joy. 
Some of you need to hear that this morning. Many of us waste our lives and shipwreck our faith pursuing happiness instead of completing joy. In me, your joy will be complete, Jesus says. Not just complete, but full measure, abundant, overflowing. The saddest thing to see is when all our single ladies, all my single ladies, when all our single ladies, and that's a good illustration, give up joy to try to be happy. She was raised in church. Don't make me go there. When our single ladies give up joy to try to be happy, we turn from the source of joy and we try to find happiness in something else. Come on, don't don't look at somebody else. We've all done it. If only I had him, I'd be happy. If only I had her, oh, I'd be happy. If only I had that job, if only I had that whip, that car, If only I had that salary, if only I made that money, if only I had that position, if only I could hit that lotto, that's 200 and something million dollars. You're clapping because you said it, right? Come on. Good, I'm glad we're being honest this morning. If only I had that lotto, well, the word says, if I got God and God's got me, my joy will be complete. Then I could be happy with or without her, with or without him, with or without the job, with or without the car, with or without the money, with or without the position, with or without the lotto. All I need is you. Is anybody here can testify to that? Because having peace and having God's favor is better than having money. It is. Trust me, I have no money and I know. I wouldn't trade money for God's favor. I just wouldn't do it. Because, because money can only, money's going to get wasted. Money, you can give me all the, how many people you read and you hear these stories? They hit lotto, they make five million dollars in a year, they're broke. Broke. Can you imagine being a millionaire and then being broke? Talk about being depressed, amen? You want to, I'd rather have been, you know, unhappy and not got it. Because if I had it and then lost it all, oh man. See, the, 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 the testify, you know, the testimony to that is, is, is the truth. And many of you can testify to it because after you got them, you still weren't happy. Come on, wave at me. After you got her, you still weren't happy. <laughs> you got close enough to find out her breath stink. In the spirit, of course, I'm talking about. Things are different up close. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's better to have a dream and not see it, not get it, because when you get it, it's no longer... Come on, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Woo! Until, the truth of the matter is, until your joy... And please listen to me, all my single people. Until your joy is complete... You will never be happy with him, her, that, it, whatever. And you will never make that person happy. 
Okay, enough of the conference there. Let's go back. Let's watch the progression again that, that happens here in the passage because, listen, this is vital to your relationship with God. Hey, this is some tough stuff. It's not simple-minded stuff. Again, I'm talking about fruit and flowers, but this is hardcore. Listen, my command is this, verse 12, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, but a servant, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, Jesus says, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, he says, love each other. It sounds like the corniest, simplest thing to do. Love each other. But, but as, as, as small a group in comparison as we are here, how, how hard is that? Love each other. Some of us can't even love our cousins. We can't even love our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our brothers. We don't love our neighbor. We don't love our... It's hard. We don't love the deacon. We don't love the ushers. We tell them, I don't want to sit there. I want to sit here. It's hard, right? But, but Jesus said, love each other. And, and look, Jesus is saying to us, I love you. I chose you. I laid my life down for you. As long as you're connected to me, your joy will be complete. Now, love one another as I have loved you. He's saying, I loved you, so now show that love. One of the hardest verses in regards to marriage is Ephesians 5.25. Some of you just cringe when you, when you hear that. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Man, that's gangster right there. That is so hardcore. Husbands, love your wives. We love to quote the verse in front of it. Wives, submit to your husbands. Close the Bible. Close the book. Don't read the rest of it, honey. Just read this verse. Wives, submit to your husbands. That's it. That's all you need to read. So get me the, give me something to drink. But the, the verse 525 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. That's such a hardcore. What, so, so Jesus is saying, I showed you how to love. So love one another that way. Now, why? Why such a harsh command? Why such a strong command? Why such a love? Why did Jesus make this one of the greatest commandments, second only to loving God? I'm glad you asked. One of the answers is found in the very next verse, John 15. Because if the world hates you, he says, know that it hated me before it hated you. As long as you belong to this world, the world would treat you with affection and would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, no longer one with it, but I have chosen and selected you out of this world. The world hates you. Now understand, when we're talking about the world, we're talking about the world, the, this world view, the, the, the prince of, of this world. Amen? 
So now, up until this point, let's look at the progression. John had been writing about the miracles. John, John was giving us all proof so that we would believe. See, the purpose of the book of John, he says, is so that we would believe. So up until this point, he, he tells us after the, the water to the wine and after the fish and the loaves feeding 5,000, after the walking on the water, after the healing the sick, after opening blind eyes, after raising the dead, the book of John now is turning and leading us down this lonely, long path that Jesus walked for you and for me. The Last Supper is over. Jesus now has to fulfill the covenant that God made with his people. And so Jesus was willingly about to become the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And he drops these hard things on us. He says, the Father loves you. I love you. The body of Christ should love you. But this world that you're living in, they are going to hate you. They are going to mock you. They are going to ridicule you. They are going to humiliate you. They are going to want to embarrass you. They are going to watch you. They are going to wait to see you fall. Anybody experience that? family I understand listen these are some hard words and I totally understand why so many people in church they just like to get enough church to make them feel good but not enough to affect their lives some people say well when church is over I'm still sleeping with my boyfriend because he loves me I know he cheated but he promised me that'll never happen again I know he hit me, but it's only because I made him mad. When, when, when church is over, some say, I still got to do what I got to do to make things happen. You know what I'm saying? When church is over, some people would say, well, I'm still hitting that club later on this week and find me a freak because a brother can, can't be by himself. God understands me. Some people say, well, when church is over, I'm still going to be that freak in that club because I'm lonely and I work hard and I deserve some happiness, don't I? God understands me. I love that tattoo. Only God can judge me. If you have it, it's all right. We love you and it's all good. When church is over, somebody will say, man, I'm still going to get high. I'm still going to get lifted. I'm still going to go for mine because I'm young and I, I don't want to waste my youth. I got time for all that. If that's you, then you might be getting to church and that's a great start and I'm so glad you're here. But church isn't getting to you. Because Jesus is saying, if you're in me and I'm in you, you're going to bear fruit and your joy will be complete. And they'll know you're my disciples because of the fruit you bear. The proof is in the fruit. Oh, but by the way, the world's not going to like that fruit. 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But to this world, that's forbidden fruit. You still with me? That's forbidden fruit. Love, man, love is too complicated. I'll settle for lust. And by the way, that'll give me plenty of alternatives. 
Joy, you keep joy, I'll keep pursuing happiness forever. Peace, I'll get plenty of peace when I die. How many people heard that one? And you just want to say, think again. Patience, who needs patience when you got credit cards? Somebody say amen. Patience, I get angry when the microwave takes more than three minutes to make me dinner. Those are forbidden fruits to the world. Kindness, goodness, give me a break. That's for suckers, man. That's, that's for the lame. That's for the weak. Kindness and goodness. I ain't a fruit loop. Faithfulness, man, tell that to the 50-something percent of marriages that end in divorce. And self-control, man, I could stop what I'm doing anytime I want to. I just haven't wanted to. The fruit of the Spirit is forbidden fruit to this world. But, but listen, I, I, I need to build you up today. My goal today is to encourage you to, be, be, because I want to show you that, you know, people, people will tell you that you're crazy for following the Word of God. People will mock you. They'll, they'll humiliate you while so many people are trying to discourage you in your high schools and in your colleges teaching theories that aren't scientific fact. But they won't teach creation. But they won't, they, won't even, they won't even put that in there, even though what they're teaching is still a theory and an unproven fact. But they'll teach you that. While so many people are trying to discourage you, even in the workplace where God has planted you, I, I, I want you to stand out. I want you to stand up and be strong. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will allow me to help in the next couple of moments to help renew your mind and encourage you this morning i know it's a tough thing to know that the whole world view that you live in is not going to accept you and i know that some of our character ain't that strong some of us just want to be liked by everybody some of us just want people to like us anybody suffer from like me disease Right? I just, I don't want nobody to not like me. If being a Christian means people are not going to like me, then that's, I have an issue with that. But see, that's why the body of Christ has to be so strong that we can love each other and stand for each other and be real brothers and sisters. I hate when, when Christian people come, oh, this is my brother, this is my sister. Well, if you're really my brother, I'm a little short this week and you give me $20. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, let's be real about it. If I'm your brother and your sister, find out if I need something and give it to me. If, if, I, if we're really family, then, then maybe I got two or something and I should give you one because maybe we should both have some. Come on. Anybody? You, you understand? That's what Jesus is trying to get to. Love each other. Why? Because nobody else is going to love you. <laughs> So love each other, but, but, but allow me to, to, to build you up. Nobody else is going to accept you. Jesus says, if they hated me first, if they hate me, if they refuse me, if they mock me, if they persecute me, uh, you know, I, I just want to give you something to encourage you this morning and show you the simplicity of God. I think this is, this is so beautiful. Even nature declares the glory of God. Watch this. Don't miss this. I told you the proof is in the fruit, right? I want you to look at these banana. 
this apple and this orange. I'm going to show you God's signature in this fruit and hopefully make you hungry to explore even deeper because you can get so into this, man, and you can really learn and grow and be equipped. The bottom line is I want you to be equipped. Amen? I want you to be equipped. I want you to be able to stand. I don't want you to be scared of the Jehovah Witness knocking at your door, be scared of the Mormons that are talking to your kids. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to be so strong and so equipped that you can stand. And so what I want to do is give you tools. Evolutionists would say, the neo-Darwin evolutionists would say that this fruit existed prior to mankind. Listen to me, don't miss this. They say that these fruits and these plants evolved by random mutation. What's random mutation? I'm glad you asked. Random mutation is a complete unexpected accident that occurs with no purpose in mind. That's a random mutation. Some of you in college, they're teaching you this, right? These random mutations accidentally develop the taste in this fruit that would be appealing to man even though man hadn't yet existed. Follow me. The, this, these random mutations accidentally developed the vitamins and nutrients that are in this fruit which would be essential for man, which yet didn't exist. Oh, this gets good. Now, let's look at the outer covering of each fruit, which changes color to let us know, let us who didn't exist yet, to let us know when the fruit is ready to be eaten and when it has already gone bad. Did you, did you ever think about the packaging? I mean, did you ever give God glory for the packaging of this banana? Isn't it incredible? This wasn't made by man, right? This is nature. But, but the way it grows, it's totally green to let you know you can't eat it yet. And then when it's ready to eat, it's this beautiful yellow. And then when it's getting rotten, it, it turns black. Do you understand that, you know, we make things to do that, but this was made by nature to do exactly that. But evolutionists say this was here before us, so it, it's all random accidents. It accidentally developed all of that stuff. Church, the proof is in the fruit. In no area of life do we find otherwise intelligent people believing that accidents can so consistently produce intelligent results. Look at this banana, how clever the packaging is. How simple. It, it tells you where to peel, doesn't it? And it peels all the way down to the bottom. Notice that the covering doesn't stick to the fruit. Ah, oh, come on. This is amazing. The outer packaging doesn't stick to the fruit. It's so convenient. You know which side to begin the peeling. You know which you're able to peel it all the way to the bottom and still hold the banana by the holder. Come on, we don't design stuff this well. Sorry. Noting, notice how the, the, the wrapping, the outer covering of the banana fits the fruit so well. I'll get back to you. 
the orange. I should have brought a knife, but all right, the orange. You know that inside the orange, how many of you like to, to peel the tangerines and, and, and you get the little sections? The inside of the orange is divided in sections, all by random accident. It's divided in sections. That's all right, Edwin. I won't cut it. I'll be make a mess up here. He's waving his knife at me. Officer, stop that guy. That's a big knife he got in his pocket. Notice the sections, the, this thing is divided in sections because if it wasn't in sections, when you bit into it, you know, when you opened it, the stuff would be all over the place. But it's divided in compartments like candy so that we can pick it and eat it. But that was all made before man even existed. Notice that the, the covering of the orange is also unique and it doesn't stick to what's inside. How convenient, by random mutation. These are just accidents that happened in nature that formed this orange. Again, the oranges are green, they get different colors, and they get dark as they rot, showing us when it's a good time to pick and when it's a good time to eat. Let's look at the apple because the proof is in the fruit family. Listen, the apple doesn't have sections. Why doesn't it have sections? Because it doesn't need sections. The consistency of the apple stays together. It doesn't need sections. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? But the skin of the apple sticks to the inside of the fruit, but it doesn't stick to the rest of those. How come? Maybe because there's nutrients in the skin and we can eat it. All random accidents. Do, do, do you see the, the, the crazy theory that's going on here? The covering is edible and the covering also provides nutrients to men who still didn't exist. All fruits have this, this protective outer covering which is perfectly suited for the consistency of the fruit. We couldn't have a walnut covering on the banana, right? Because we'd squeeze it and it'd be banana everywhere. It wouldn't work. You understand? It's perfectly suited. It wouldn't work any other way. And understand something that for something to evolve, it has to live. It has to work. Right? And so something that doesn't live, if it doesn't work right from the beginning, it can't evolve. So if the banana had the skin of an apple or if the banana had the skin of a walnut and, and it, it had to evolve into this covering, I mean, does that even make sense to, to, to us? I, I suggest to you the banana had to be totally designed this way. And if something is, this, something is a design, then it has a designer. Amen. Come on, get excited with me. If... If something, I just want to give you proof, man. I want to give you, I want to give you something to, 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 to bite into, literally. One can say that the orange, the apple, and the banana, because what they are by random mutation on their own, without any thought for the eater, each fruit became what it is, and others offers what it offers by pure accident. But when I look at something so intelligently designed, I say there has to be a designer. It takes faith to believe in evolution. 
It takes faith to think that this could happen by accident. It takes faith to, to believe that. Better stop eating. See, no one would look at these instruments that are behind me and, and, and would, would, would assume, even dare to suggest that they happen by random mutation, by natural selection over millions and millions and millions of years. People were just playing these big things and eventually they shaped into a guitar and eventually they shaped into chords and eventually they shaped into this and eventually we figured a way to plug them in and eventually we, we figured it had to have this shape and eventually we figured it had to go eventually over millions and millions and millions of years. I'd love to have seen the first guitar. You, you would never, you'd look at that and say that has to be, has to have a designer and the designer had to have the musician in mind. Oh, come on. The designer had to know and think about the musician. He had to know the musician's going to stand like this, cool like him. The musician's going to have two cool arms and that are going to be able to reach this and this. Because if the, if the musician's arms can't reach the things, then there's no point in the instrument. He can't play it, right? And so it was designed perfectly for him. Church, church, this fruit was designed for you and for me. I believe it's a gift from God to us. It gives us nutrients. I believe God loves us so much. He, he grew. He designed. This is God yellow. This is God yellow. I mean, we copy this, we paint taxis this color, we paint cars, candy apple red, right? We copy all these colors, but they're God colors. They come from nature. Do, do, you, do you see where, where we're getting to, amen? Church, the proof is in the fruit. Next time someone wants to argue evolution with you, give that monkey a banana and tell him, I was created in the image and likeness of God. Come on. Church, I just wanted to give you this little nugget so that you would be able to stand when you hear conflict. So that you would be able to stand when you have to sit in church and in college and you'd have to fill out and, and study and actually pass tests on the theory of evolution. Knowing, and, and so many, listen, so many, I've talked to so many young people who just get led astray. And by professors that have been planted by the enemy, man, to just resist God's truth. And so constantly will tell you, well, well, the Bible is a, is a man's book. That's not, that's not God. The man wrote that. Why do you believe that? So listen, even if I didn't believe the Bible, I can't deny that the banana. I can't deny it. You can't tell me this happened by accident and it just so happens to give me vitamins A, B, D, C, whatever that I need to survive. I want to give you this nugget so that you'll be able to stand when afflictions come. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. I want some overcomers to come down and worship with us this morning. Come on, get up, get out your seat. I want some overcomers to come down, join me as we worship the creator of the universe, the designer of the universe. And listen, before, before we move on, if you've been far from God, if you've been tripped up by some teaching in college, 
if you've been led to doubt and disbelief can I just encourage you this morning and say the proof is in the fruit if that's you would you come and join the overcomers come and join these overcomers never man come on come on come on come down yeah let's celebrate them let's celebrate them hallelujah amen amen come on i didn't get sweaty here for nothing the proof is in the fruit if if you want to come and if, if you're making a decision today to serve the designer of the universe if you if you're getting it into your heart today that man i have been fearfully and wonderfully made then come on down and join the overcomers come on down we we have some people that are going to pray with you that are going to believe with you and stand with you because we have to love you because the world's not going to love you the world would only love you until you pay for the crack file. The world would only love you until you get what they get what they want from you. Once you give it up, you will not longer be loved anymore. I hate to break that to you. But in Jesus, we have joy that's complete. And so we can have peace in the middle of the storm because we carry our calm with us. Come on, let's worship, let's worship. Let it go, let it go. Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. Jesus.